Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. All right, Patrick felt bad for us. He gave us an easy one, and as soon as Harge heard it, it immediately came to his head. Um, Footloose is the featured movie of yes, Midweek Movie Footloose Music. Footloose came out 38 years ago Friday. Uh, there you go. That's nice. I like that. I'm a big fan. Yep. I think I've seen Footloose, I don't know, maybe twice. Something like that. I Did love- you, you didn't see the new Footloose, right? They made a remake of it. Nah, I yeah. saw the Kevin Bacon yeah, one. That's-, that's the one, the old school yeah. one. Yeah. Um, I love the premise of Footloose. It's basically like that. Was it the preacher that he's just against dancing? Yeah, dancing it's, it's dancing leads movies- you down the path to the devil. You can't, like... This to explain why we need more movies made that are original scripts. Because it's a it's a good movie. It is. It's, it's a good movie. movie, and the pitch of it seems insane. Because like no no, we're gonna we're gonna do this, and the guy just he has to dance. He he's, has to dance. No, he's a rebel from another school from hey, he's from out of town. Dance. And you know rebels in other states hey. have to dance. And then what's the big climactic <laughs> scene? Like it's a big fight or something? Oh, no 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 no. There's a really graphic domestic violence scene earlier in the movie, but it's. No, the big climax is he's just in a warehouse dancing by himself. Dancing, baby. That is uh, just the- let it, just letting it all hang out. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a, a reverend who's so against dancing. John yep. Lithgow, uh, the Reverend Shaw. Uh, yes. yes, he is just oh vehemently opposed to this dancing, and yes. it's just something that is just against all of his moral fiber and being. Yep. He must stop this dancing. <laughs> it's like, the dance is going to ruin the, the town. The dancing must stop. <laughs> Bunch of yeah. I don't out know there. how they pitched it, but you know what? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. And <laughs> yeah. it, I'm just saying, in the 80s, there was a lot of cocaine. You got a remake. That's why you get movies like Weird Science yeah. and it's Back to the yeah. Future. Back but to the like, Future was pitched like 60 times. It just took a lot of cocaine <laughs> in the media. It was like, hell yeah, this sounds like an awesome movie. And it was. That's what yeah. we do. No, yeah. but that's that's what I'm saying. It's like now they just remake other movies. Like, look at this. This seems like the dumbest idea possible. It does. And we're still talking about the movie close to 40 years later. Just make some weird movies and see if they yeah. hit or not. No, no, the 80s, there's no decade with weirder movies than the 80s. And then this is an 80s movie, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like late 80s? 1984. Yeah, it was early 80s, actually. Yeah, yeah. No, the 80s was just, I think, it, you know, I think cocaine fueled a lot of it. It was just a weird, strange <laughs> decade for movies. So you go look at some of those 80s movies, and they, we love them, but those ideas were far out there. They yeah. were wild, man. Wild ideas for the 80s movies. I love, I love weird science, though. Weird Science is, oh, I love it too. Yeah, it's I love, gr- I love the way Weird Science is made. But it's just a lot of those strange movies, like Howard yeah. the Duck. Yeah. 
<laughs> Howard the Howard Duck. Remember Howard the Duck? Yes. That's was Weekend at Bernie's 80s? But Weekend at Bernie's. Where yeah. they were like, you know Come what? On. You know what? Nothing's more hilarious than a corpse. Let's <laughs> do it. <laughs> exactly. They had to pitch that to somebody. They were like, this sounds awesome. Yeah. All right. This will work. Give somebody. Them somebody will uh, what was, uh, do it. Oh, <laughs> uh, they made Soul Man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Soul Man. That's right. Wow. That's right. That, that was yeah. That one, that one don't get played on TV much anymore, Man. does it? Oh. No, that's not one I'm looking at in the middle of the night. <laughs> that's not one that just pops oh, up. That one in don't the get on BET very often. <laughs> no, I forgot all about that one. That's you they know wanted what? you to, Rod. We not they wanted you to. <laughs> Mission accomplished. We all trying to get soul, man. Exactly. Google it, I guess, if you don't know it. All right, uh, let's get to uh, some. Uh, I want to rank the NFL head coaching hires. That's what I want to get to mm-hmm. here in this segment, and maybe at Eric Bieniemy news too. So. Uh, first, let's talk the Eric Bieniemy news, and then we can work our way to the ranking the head coaching hires. Um, but Eric Bieniemy is interviewing with Washington reportedly, and Albert Breer believes he is the front runner, and almost is his job to lose. Yep. Essentially, uh, you you thought uh, Harz that it was a good chance he could end up leaving to go to Washington. You said that yesterday. I don't know if you said it on average. Definitely said yeah. it to me. I've said it for years. Eric Bieniemy's got to get the hell away from Kansas City. He's got to. It's not, and it's not his fault. It is unfair. But if you're teaching your kids that life is fair, you're doing them a disservice. It ain't fair because Andy Reid has said he calls plays there, and hell, he's got two. He he coached against two coordinators in the Super Bowl, out coached both of them, and both of them got jobs. I'm so and glad he, you brought that up, my brother. Out coached both of, them. but but no, but but I'm but, so glad you brought yeah, that up. But the perception is it's not him calling those plays, and he's not contributing enough to the offense to call it, um, to have ownership of it, whatever. But even though Andy Reid has stated, no, he's calling plays. He's he has. But we we you know this is BS gospel. We've seen teams promote coordinators to head coaching roles who don't even call plays. Thank you. It's, Thank it, you. So the narrative is yeah, so it's bad. Just, it's yeah, like what? Yeah. they're they're sitting there lying to our face yeah. about him being hired and not being hired as opposed to you just saw two coordinators get hired that were not calling plays themselves because in Nick Sirianni Play caller too. Uh, he's Shane, an offensive guy. He, he allowed guy. Shane Steichen to call him now. Yeah, he did last year, but he he let Shane Steichen call uh, call him this year. I and it happens time and time and time again. Yeah, it does. So they need to stop the narrative of oh, this is what we're out there with. So we're going to go ahead and just keep running with that narrative. It's time to stop it and just say there's something about the way that he carries himself, or there just maybe go it's out a there bad interviewer. We right, don't know. Right. Bad interview. Maybe you could bring up. Oh, it's about his past, or it's something. But quit giving us the stuff about, well, we don't even know if he really calls the plays. You know, he's under Andy Reid. And it's like, you, there are uh, coordinators after coordinators after coordinators after coordinators that are getting head coaching jobs when we all know that they are not better than Eric Bieniemy when it comes to the offensive game. To your point, everybody that's getting new jobs, he's beaten. He's well, been to the Super Bowl even more times, regardless if it's Andy, regardless if it's Pat Mahomes. He still has a piece in that, and he's been a part of championship teams. Isn't that what you want to look for? It is, but he has to leave Andy Reid. It's, it's no, agreed. Yeah, agreed. It's just, it's, it's, I agree with everything yeah, you yeah. said, but he's got to leave Andy Reid. We all know this. Even Andy Reid now is hinting at it. Yeah, but yeah he's got to go. The, the other part of it, too, is, man, even if he wasn't calling plays, 
don't you at some point want to go like, hey, man, can we get anyone from that Kansas City team to get some of that culture and some of that Andy Reid magic where we're at? Because they seem to have it figured out, and if we can get someone who is a major part of that organization to come to our team and help tell us, man, how do y'all scout? How are y'all setting up game plan? How are you doing all these things? Because clearly you're doing it in a way that works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, even if you want to take away play calling, you seems like you'd want to at least – interview him you'd maybe want to go hey i know steve spagnola is a little bit older and he may not be the hot name anymore but he put together a good defensive game plan against the eagles oh yeah it was for like sure a magnificent so game it's like and i may want to talk to him that's yeah. the other part they make adjustments yeah and spags was a coach before yeah right? yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so you're right he should, he should get another look i, I just say I, I would at least interview them as you've talked about before rod why would i not want to at least talk to you to say hey tell me what y'all are doing i agree right. i i, I, I Interview Lou Anarumo all the time. Like, yeah. what the hell are you doing? Because yeah, know. that's the defensive coordinator that they should have got at the Cardinals. That's the guy that they should have got. I don't disagree with that at all. I think you might be. Yeah, they should have brought right. him in, and then you can also bring in Eric Bieniemy as your offensive coordinator right there. He was one of the finalists, right? Um, I that's believe what I'm for, that, for that Arizona job. That's who you should have picked up. And they ended up going with you know uh, what they thought Jonathan Gannon was the uh, the better name, but. I'm with you. I've, I've watched Lou Anarumo's defense and Jonathan Gannon's defense, and I think Lou Anarumo has done a better job than Jonathan with Gannon. Less. <laughs> yeah. With less. With um, less. Yeah, it's a good point. You can make that argument, too. All right, uh, before we get to that conversation, I think it's a good one about ranking the NFL head coaching hires. Eric Bieniemy. So he's been in what I call the friend zone of NFL head coaches. He just can't seem uh, to break through. Nobody will really give him a chance. He's got to leave Andy Reid, become an offensive coordinator elsewhere. We all know that to, to really show everybody he's calling plays, to show his contributions and creativity. Is Washington the, the best spot? Is there a possible another location where he can make that same sideways step? And it'd be a better opportunity. Like I thought, it would be perfect for him to go to to either Baltimore, who just hired Todd Monk. Right, I I, I thought that would have been the spot because you got a quarterback that's established that can go out there and and execute whatever game plan. Right, that was weird. I thought they should have at least interviewed Todd Monk and would have waited. Right, (laughs) Todd Monk wasn't going nowhere. Right, and then I also looked at and then I also looked at Arizona. I thought about it with Kyler, but you don't know what the other quarterback situation is going to be. And if you can go out there with maybe Colt McCoy or whoever else is going to start the season as the quarterback, then possibly you can move in that direction. And you could go out there and say, look what I did with this group. Yep. Look at this group that I, I brought together. But I, I to, to your point, if he goes to the Carolina – not Carolina Panthers, but the Washington Commanders, that, that makes me nervous too. That makes me nervous. I agree with that. It makes me a little nervous. What if they, man, I don't know, they could go get Derek Carr? Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Do they make a go move get to a, go get a quarterback? Go like get that. Derek Carr and, and go get one. Go get both of them. Yeah. That, that'd be a splash. That'd be ding, a hell of a splash. Ding. Yeah, that would be. Um, I'm with, and Eric being to me, I think something else about bringing him in to make that sideways step as an offensive play caller, you know he's only going to use that next opportunity as a as a stepping stone like he doesn't want to be there long right it's gonna be there one two years prove to everybody oh it was him actually calling plays for kansas city and then he's gonna try to go get a head coaching job which he deserves but i think that for a head coach to bring him in you're probably a little weary of that leery of that because you don't want to do that yeah Yeah. it's just because you know it's a stopgap temporary solution yeah but you you still need to win, you know what I'm saying? No, and you no, you're right. Win. So I, even if it is a stopgap and you want to do whatever, you still need to win games because that that's the part of the NFL that I always 
kind of take a step back with is because you, everybody tells us that they want to win, but do they really? Do they really want to win? There's some, some acquisitions that you need to make to show your fans that you truly want to win. Or is it more like, let's just go ahead and play the season and we'll adjust after that. Oh, let's just make the playoffs. No, you want to win championships. And how do you do it? You start building with it. That's exactly what you were talking about when the Philadelphia Eagles, they said, you know what? I want to strike while the iron is hot. Let's go get A.J. Brown right now. Make a move. And now now they're going to be rebuilding, so to speak, with their internalness because they have new coaches to fill out. I think you – I think Eric Bieniemy is somebody that you can definitely win with and you can win with fast because he's going to make your offense that much better. We'll see. I, I think he's going to end up leaving Andy Reid. I think it's the, it's, the, it's the wise decision for him. He yep. has to. And I hope he chooses. Didn't you say yesterday, if I'm Andy Reid, I'm just going to say, hey, man, I'm not giving you a contract this year. Yeah, I'll, it, you Andy, gotta go, to, man. to do what's best for him. Like, yeah, yep. I mean, I'm not renewing your deal, man. Yep. Like, you know, I think he signs one year deals, I yep. believe. Yep. I'm like, man, I'm not renewing your deal. Go, go, go somewhere else and spread prove, your wings. Prove to all these people out there that you can yep. do it. And if you fail, I'll hire you. I'll yep. hire you back. Yep. Because you work well here. Go yep. somewhere. And if you fail, it's like, don't, don't worry. Like, oh, man, what if I fail? And then I, I got to go back to being a running back. So like, no, no, we'll hire you right back here to BROC because it works here. You're good. Try to, I just try try to go to that. that mentality of, yeah. what if it works? I know. That's like, what we got to go with. You what shouldn't have works? that. But right. I agree. Yeah. When you're betting yourself, yeah, that's you know, right. uh, basically you should plan on success. Yep. Plan on being successful, uh, and I I hope he I want to I want to watch it too because I I do yeah. want to see his offense because I do think he's been a you know a a key contributor no for doubt. what they've done there in Kansas City. All right, so Eric Bieniemy, um, he is looking at uh, going to, to potentially to the Washington Commanders to be their offensive play caller and coordinator. Todd Munkin is officially the OC uh, and play caller for the Baltimore Ravens. That's going to be interesting because we don't know what's happening with Lamar Jackson just yet. Yeah. So we'll see about that story as the quarterback carousel uh, continues uh, for the NFL offseason. All right, let's talk about the NFL hires uh, and the all the vacancies have been filled. And mm-hmm. I want you guys to give me what I guess we should rank them all individually. Okay. Um, there were five of them. Um, I want to, I'll start, if you will. I guess I can start, and then you guys can give me your thoughts on where you rank them. Um, I have the Jonathan Gannon to Arizona hire as my fifth. So the basically the lowest yep. ranked that's my of the hires. I I'm with you. I literally have in my notes Lou Anarumo. Right. <laughs> like I was like I would I probably would have given him a shot. John, him and Jonathan Gannon. There's not that much separation between Thank those you. two in my opinion. Thank one, you. One's got a ton of NFL experience. One guy doesn't, but they've had really successful defenses recently with the uh, kind of modern day concepts of the NFL. And hell, one guy knows how to stop Patrick Mahomes. Not stop. But he's done the best job defending Patrick Mahomes in the league yeah. and Andy Reid. I'll take that guy. Right. Hey, <laughs> I'll knows, take that guy. Well, he knows that. And he probably has a few good ideas of how to slow down Joe Burrow. Oh, also true. Great so if you're point. saying those are two guys Great that we're point. expecting to be in the AFC championship game many times for years to come, I'd say that guy right now has the best track record against one and probably knows the most inside intel on the other. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, and I'm not nothing against Jonathan Gannon, but I'm just saying if we're you know look comparing the two, I I think Lou Anarumo has just as impressive a resume recently, and I like that he has a ton of NFL experience. Ding ding. But may may but sometimes we go into these interviews, they're looking for leaders of men. Yep. So they like the way you know what is his you know 
bravado? How does he carry himself? Can he, you know, speak to the the team and can he inspire a team? Can he give those motivational speeches? Sometimes that matters. Um, they don't like, you know, coaches who are soft spoken, that kind of stuff. So it could be a lot of other variables and factors. Yep. Um, but I would have went with Lou Anarumo potentially. Yep. Uh, number four, I got the Shane Steichen hire to Indianapolis. Uh, and I like I like that I like that Indy brought in a you know an, uh, an offensive guy to kind of help them because they had with Frank Wright they had so many so much quarterback instability so much quarterback turnover I believe the plan with Shane Steichen there we talked about this is to identify a franchise quarterback yep. in the draft a young one and just build around that guy. Uh, the the mistake that Frank Reich uh, made it was that he did not do that um, in his five years there with the Colts. D'Amico Ryan's I have as his third my third mm. favorite hire uh, to Houston. Um, I got honestly I got Frank Reich at Carolina as number two. I think Frank Reich's a good good coach. I, I just think the mistake that he made was not having his quarterback. He's basically you got a quarterback insecure coach with a quarterback insecure organization. They got to figure that out. But I think Frank Reich is actually is a good coach, and he's been there and done it, already made the playoffs twice with multiple different quarterbacks and probably should have made it a third time if not for Carson Wentz losing to Jacksonville in that yep. last game. Yep. Um, so I like I like that hire. And then the, the hire I like the most is Sean Payton to Denver. I mean, uh, Sean yeah. Payton's – He's a real deal. And now how he's going to work with Russell Wilson, I just have faith that Sean Payton's going to find a way to make it work. He's a problem solver, and that's what coaches need to be. No doubt. And out of those five, the only thing that I would switch is I would switch Frank Reich and D'Amico Ryan. I would have D'Amico as number two and Frank Reich as number three. Obviously, I'm a big fan of D'Amico. I think he's got got his work cut out for him, but I think he's up for the challenge, and he's he's surrounding himself with some good coaches. Sean Payton, what he's got in Denver and what he can turn around, that's going to be the biggest question. Is is he going to be able to resurrect uh, Russell Wilson's career? Mm -hmm. And that's going to be the, the biggest challenge for him. And Frank Reich, I mean, you said it, he's had a different quarterback every single year that he's been there and that just goes to show you to the instability of the 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 Colts organization which now they're going to even have a prop, they're going to have another starting quarterback for opening day consecutive years since 20 since uh, uh, Andrew Luck retired. Right. Yeah, they've had a different starting quarterback every year since he retired. That's crazy. Yeah, opening that's, day. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's insanity. It's ridiculous. I mean, that is organizational yeah. malpractice for if sure. You will. For so sure. So I told. I, so I said I think Frank Reich's a good coach, but he's got to figure out the quarterback position. But I think they all they got a. A, an organization that needs to figure out quarterback and a yep. coach that needs to figure out quarterback who's a quarterback guy, I figure they're going to prioritize that. That's why I like the hire. Um, but I also say the Panthers, man, they hired Jim Caldwell. Yep, and I love that. Oh, love, I love that. That's the guy. He's I, another guy that should have been. The Texans should have hired. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. They need agree. a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. Agree. I agree with that. Oh. I like that hire. Yep. I, and I agree with you, Harge. I, I put D'Amico Ryan's over Frank Reich. I, and look, I think he can win it back, but right now, the last year and a half, Frank Reich looked like he had checked out. Yep. Yeah, so sure. I want to see him actually care about football again. Yeah, yeah. So he is a good coach. I don't know if he's a Super Bowl coach. Yeah. Uh, and I we don't know D'Amico Ryans. And right. so, like, I'll take – hey, take a shot on a guy that we don't know his ceiling. I think we've seen pretty close to Frank Reich's ceiling. Yep. And it's like, hey, man, he's a good coach, but you're going to have to fire him if you get good because I don't think he's going to get you that next step. Like, I, I just – he doesn't – 
And that's a weird team, right? Like everything about Carolina right now seems like it could go so bad. Right. Or it could be like, all right, you could win the NFC South for the next couple of years while they all rebuild. Exactly. The NFC South is very winnable. But it's like I, but they have <laughs> yeah. they have talent. It just that whole situation mm-hmm. seems weird because they're very much sitting on just being good but not trying to be great. And I think the Frank Reich hired plays into that. Mm-hmm. Hey man, let's just let's just be let's try and be like the Cowboys. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. You know what? Yeah. You good. know what? You know what? I we'll just be we'll just be safe in the middle. Yeah. And we'll we'll trade away Christian McCaffrey, but we won't trade away DJ Moore. We won't trade away. We're not going to full rebuild. We're just going to kind of sit and hope. We'll never rebuild, and we'll never go all in. Yeah. Right. And that's so that's kind of yeah. where it sits. Where you're like, I, I would have liked to seen you with a new owner and a lot of money, try and do a little bit more. But if it works out, you're in a division where you can win this division a few years in a row. That's yeah. a good point. I do wonder about Frank Reich if the ownership started to weigh on him. Because Harsh brought it up oh, yesterday, yeah. and yeah, I wonder yeah. Oh, yeah. if yeah, that's he's one of those owners that right. He's always he's all, meddling. Yes, so. yeah, he's Jerry. Going he, back to your point, yeah, that's Jarrah. He he does have some yeah. Jerry tendencies. He does, and they always want to fight each other. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They're always arguing with each no, other. That's a good so. point. Yeah, because they're so much alike. Yeah, they're very <laughs> much so. I think I'm looking in the mirror. Um, <laughs> all right, Patrick. I don't think we got your rankings. Did you want to rank those? Yeah, I'm, I'm with I'm with you as well. So I mean, you, I may put Steichen. I may put Steichen in fifth and Gannon at fourth. Just because I don't, I, I, he played culture plays for the Chargers too, and that I hate that team. Like that team should be so much better. Like it's just like when he did go with the Eagles this year. I'll give it him was. credit there, but it was fantastic. Like it seems that one is. It only makes sense to me in the fact that they went well. We built our offense around this Nick Sirianni Frank Reich offense, and then you play. You went with Sirianni, so you understand. That w- what we constructed as a team model, we don't have to go rebuild our roster yeah. because we have the guys. That's the that only reason sense. it makes that's sense good, is some level of consistency. That's a good point. But other than that, I don't. The guy himself doesn't strike me as anything of like. Yeah, I like that's one where I'm like, if you want an offensive, go get Eric Bieniemy. Go get a guy who can do something fun and use your guys. But again, it's just one of those hires. It's it just does. It's not exciting. So I, don't, I like exciting hires more. Yeah, I, I, it's a good point. Um, sometimes you want to splash higher, uh, at least the fans do. Um, all right, uh, what you got coming up for the people on Hard Knock Life? A lot of people have reported to spring training. I want to talk about the Texas Rangers and, of course, the Houston Astros. And we're going to talk a little Ghost bit Truth. about that right there. All right, we come back. We'll get into a little baseball with my man Hardball right here on Ball Don't Lie on The Horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my man. He has emotional anger issue problem. Hey, are you dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the midweek movie theme edition of Ball Don't Lie. The movie this week was uh, Footloose. Footloose, everybody get loose because 
We're footloose. Uh, it's your boy Harbaugh Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hard. You can follow my man Rob Babers at Rob Babers. You can follow the man behind the glass that's in charge of all of our weekly themes is my man Patrick Davis. You can follow him at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. Uh, I know there's been a lot of discussion about the uh, – Dallas Cowboys and, of course, the debate between Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Y'all all have voiced that opinion. Uh, we also know about the uh, court hearing today that got dismissed on Chris Beard. We're going to get into that a little bit later. We'll talk a little bit about that here in just a little bit. But right now I want to talk a little bit about spring training. Spring training pitchers and catchers have reported, obviously, being in the state of Texas. We talk a lot about the Texas Rangers and, of course, my man Rob Babers, Houston Astros. Ghost Rose. We will get into that as well. But as we sit today, and you, you, everybody has optimism. Everybody thinks there's this is the year for my team. There's, <laughs> we've made a lot of acquisitions in the in the off season, and now this is it. And then reality sets in probably two two months into the season. You got to deal with injuries. You got to deal with all these different situations, and then you go. Well, man, I can't wait for football season to start because mm-hmm. that's what everybody's thinking about. Right. But I want to talk about the obviously the Texas Rangers, Let's what they it. did this offseason. They made a lot of uh pitching moves and brought in Jacob DeGrand. Nathan Uvaldi came in as well. And they're a team that a lot of people are thinking that they're gonna be back into the situation. They're mm-hmm. gonna make that move because the Rangers spent a lot of money the year before. We talked about that, bringing in uh, uh, Seager at shortstop, and of course my man Marcus Simeon at second base. They made a bunch of moves. They got a, a hot young prospect, J- uh, Josh Young, that is going to be playing third base for them. That probably will be the starting opening day third baseman. He came up later in the year and started banging it all over the place. Mm. And I know Dak is whack. I know. We get it. We get it. <laughs> I, I, I won't ever forget it. You keep, you keep telling me that every day. Um, but as I continue – to talk about this Texas Rangers team, I think there is a lot of hope because the one thing that can always keep you in a ball game is the pitching position. Mm. And if you bring in great pitchers and you give your your team a chance, because I believe the Rangers are going to score runs. They've got yeah. some. They got some thump in those bats, mm. and they're going to be able to make some plays. But I start to look at them and say, what can they do different? And bringing in Bruce Bochy is a great way to start. This guy has been around the game for a long time. He's a former big league catcher. He's done some amazing things uh, when he was in San Francisco, even when he was in San Diego. Mm. He did a great job with them. So I think that is number one on the list for the Texas Rangers. But then, like I said, you bring in Jacob DeGrom to to spearhead that pitching staff. You also have some young guys that are going to come up probably through the year. Uh, Kumar Rocker, a former Vanderbilt pitcher. And then you also got to look at Jack Leiter, who has has made his way, pitched in double-A last year, and has done a good job. So I'm excited, believe it or not, to see what the Texas Rangers are going to be doing this year. I will be at the stadium this weekend, so I get a chance to to walk around and kind of get the excitement going from the Rangers. They got a good farm system. They've done some things differently, as you know the AAA affiliate right here in Round Rock. You get a chance to see a lot of these young stars. And one of the stars, two of the stars that were here last year 
are Josh Smith, who went up in the big leagues, and that was the guy that when we were at the stadium, Rod, during the pregame, uh, we were talking about how the sound of the ball coming off his bat was a little bit different than than others. And another guy that was tearing up the league that – We'll bring the art that the lost art that I've been talking about, Rod, of the stolen base. Bubba hey. Thompson. Bubba Thompson is a guy that is a unbelievable athlete. He could have went to college and played football. He was a top recruit in football as a quarterback, and now he's playing left field. He got a chance to win the left field job. They gave him a lot of opportunities last year to win that position. And then, of course, we want to talk about the Houston Astros World Go Series, Astros. World Series champion. Houston Astros. The biggest question for them is they're going to definitely have to make some adjustments because you lose Justin Verlander, who was the the heart and soul of that pitching staff, the leader there. But you got Christian Javier. You got Framer Valdez. You got Garcia. You got Hunter Brown that is making his way Mm -hmm. up through the system as well, who is just like Justin Verlander, actually. Got the same motion, it, same man, lineup. They they have the same he, mechanics. He's been mimicking, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And and the biggest question is going to be, what are you going to do with Michael Brantley? Michael Brantley is back. He's going to be healthy. He's going to get all his opportunities. But what are you going to do as far as Jordan, Michael Brantley? You got Jose Abreu now. You're bringing in different pieces to help close some of that gap that you have hmm. but are those guys going to be healthy throughout the year and that's one of the things that we've talked about but the Astros as well as the Rangers they both have good farm systems hmm. but here's two teams that I want you to pay attention to heading into the season the Chicago White Sox definitely have been in the conversation for quite some time so that's a team that I, I want y'all to pay attention to heading into this season, and another team is obviously going to be the San Diego Padres. Okay. The Padres are a team that has all the pieces and all the makings of, of a team that can win the World Series. But they have to go through the Dodgers as always. Mm-hmm. Everything runs through L.A. Mm-hmm. They have continuously fought and been there, but this year – Think about it. They just signed Xander Bogarts to come play shortstop. They picked up Juan Soto last year during the trade. You still have Manny Machado, who is ready to go to the next level. You got um, uh, U Darvish, who's mm. still there. You just gave him an extension. And you got Josh Hader on the back end of that. If they can get together and play well the entire year, mm. because remember, there were some times where they were fading back and forth. But this is the time that I think that they are ready to take that next step. So those are the two teams other than the the regular ones that we always talk about, the Padres and, of course, the Chicago White Sox. Uh, yeah, um, man, the Astros, <clears throat> if they truly want to be considered a dynasty, this is a big year. This is a huge year. I think and that's you get a chance to do it without Justin Verlander. Mm-hmm. And then each year you've done it without a big – major piece in your organization that if you can do it again with some of the youth that you keep bringing up and being able to, you don't even have to win it all, but you have to be right there again. Don't, don't get complacent. Don't get complacent. Got to win it all. And Dusty said, if we win one, we're going to win two. Yeah. And so now it's, yeah, it's center field and catcher again, right? Yep. It's been that for the last few years. Center field and catcher is the only two holes where you're like, Hi, man, do we have it set up yet, or mm-hmm. do we get somebody in the farm system to come up? And I know the Astros have been on every trade rumor for a catcher. Anytime anyone discusses a catcher, the yep. Astros' name are in there. 
So they're trying to figure that one out. But, yeah, I'll be interested to see if they can find another outfielder because that goes into the Michael Brantley thing too. Can you find another outfielder that mm. is more the future of the Astros instead of filling in time trying to win another title? Yeah. It's going to be there for several years. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, it's, it's that time. Like I said, everybody's excited. Every, you know, you get to hear the cracking of the baseballs, hitting the bat and taking infield, running the bases. But then you're like, oh, man, here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Why can't my team ever win? Why can't my team ever win? Hey, that's how I'm usually talking about the Texans or the Rockets. Not about the Astros, though. Uh, so, yeah, really excited about baseball season. And you are actually going to be um, uh, participating in the uh, the baseball. Yeah, the State Farm. State Farm. Uh, yeah, classic. Clo- Globe Life Classic. Globe Life Classic. Brought Sorry. to you by Higginbotham. It, it, it's going to be outstanding. And, by the way, you can win tickets. Go to hornfm.com. Oh, and you get a chance to win some tickets. They got passes for the entire weekend that they are going to be giving out. So go to hornfm.com. It's right there at Globe Life. You got great baseball, SEC versus uh, Big 12. All the games are going to be exciting. Opening night opening night for the Texas Longhorns. They get to play an old Southwest Conference foe, the Arkansas Razorbacks. Mm. And just know this, both fan bases – Travel well. So we may see what you saw at um, Minute Maid last year when they played LSU and there was 25,000 fans in that stands. You may get to see that on Friday night to open up the baseball season for the Texas Longhorns. Yeah. uh, And I'm fortunate enough to be on the call for every one of the Longhorns game for Flow Baseball this weekend. Shout out, Matt Hart's yeah. doing big things. Uh, so that's uh, really excited for you and really excited that we got that, that inside uh, scoop yes, sir. from Matt Hart. So he'll be calling us uh, to try to give us a nice little preview of what's happening down there. And I'll give you a Gilf. good look at the atmosphere yeah, as well. <laughs> no doubt. No, it's supposed to be a really cool atmosphere. A lot of people are excited about the start of the season. As a matter of fact, I heard uh, Coach Ty Harrington on with B&E. Well, yeah. he was on with uh, E this morning because my man Bucky was out for some reason. Um, but yeah, he was on with him and told some great stories, but also gave a great preview of this Texas baseball team coming yep. up. Uh, yeah, and I, I can't wait to hear you talk about it too, but a yeah. lot of uh, unproven a lot. Talent. Especially on the corners. Commodities, yeah. I got a chance to talk to Coach Pierce yesterday for the interview for the pregame, but also today because today was media day for That's the right. baseball players. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear some of the, the stuff throughout the day because our man Jeff Howe was there. Uh, Chip Brown's going to be on with um, Chad and Zay tomorrow because he was there as well. So make sure you're paying attention to your social media because there's a lot of information that's being pumped out every single day and baseball season is right there where we can see it we can see it we can but see you it. know what else we can see we can see that carlos correa passed the physical and he's still with the twins hey <laughs> everybody's entitled to change their mind it's all, yeah. right. it's all good i love it, <laughs> uh, I love right. it. good stuff there we come back we will talk about the breaking news uh, about chris beard we'll get into that also other off the record stories right here on ball don't lie 104 the D Mega Doo I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. 
All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, we were going to get into you know some other story here for off the record, but uh, apparently there is big news uh, that we need to get to. So uh, apparently uh, the charges um, against Chris Beard uh, that had to do with domestic violence have been dismissed. Travis County DA dismissed those charges today. So looks like Chris Beard will be able to, I mean, he's going to code somewhere again. For sure. Uh, especially without that baggage now attached to him that they dismissed all the charges. So I'm sure for uh, Chris Beard and his family, that's really great news so that now he can finally move on with yep. his professional career, but also personally uh, move on with things too. Yeah. I mean, for for mm-hmm. those that have had an opinion one way or another, you always got to let the judicial system go ahead and take care of itself. And that's what happened. You know, everything had to play itself out. Uh, I know some people are like, why do we have to let him go? Why we, why couldn't we wait? And it's still, I I still believe that the university did the, what they needed to do within their rights. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be able to move on. Yes. It sucks because everybody is really like, I wanted him to be our coach. I wanted him to be our coach. And, and he got put in a situation where he ended up having to defend himself in the court of law, and now he's got to do it in the court of public opinion. Because just because of this, got dismissed and got thrown out, doesn't mean that it didn't happen either. So you still have to look at everything as what it is, and people are going to have their opinions every every which way that they want. But – Good for him that it's already been taken care of and he may be able to get, start his coaching career again. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally agree. I mean, just because – and I always say just because you're you're not guilty doesn't make you innocent. Right. That's right. <laughs> so, so it's one of those things where it may not have risen to the level of criminality, yep. whatever the issue was, but still doesn't necessarily make his conduct uh, becoming. Right of the head coach at the University of Texas. Correct. So looks like Chris Beard will be able to move on. Those uh, domestic violence uh, charges have been dismissed. That is the uh, breaking news. And, yeah, I'm really interested to see what university is going to, you know, jump at the opportunity to bring Chris Beard in first. I wonder what university, what level, and how, <clears throat> and how quickly does it happen? Right. Now that he, like I said, now that he doesn't have the baggage of those charges attached to him anymore, the only way I would see it happening right now, I think it would happen definitely in the off season. I don't see anybody making a move right now. Uh, there will be some coaches uh, positions that will be open. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. You know, it always happens well, every you get, year. You're getting close to yeah. the end of the regular season. You right. always have the tournaments, the For conference those that tournaments. Won't be in the tournament. Exactly. Then they can like, make so it, yeah. some some schools are like, yeah. well, hell, we already. What know. are we what? waiting for? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you yeah. might get some movement in the next couple of weeks. But you're right. Uh, most of that obviously will happen. You might see like Derek Carr. New Mexico State needs a new head coach. Duh, they may need a whole wow. new program. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new program. <laughs> they may need a whole new program. <laughs> Reset the whole damn thing. 
yeah, so there you go. Chris. He might be like Derek Carr. I already took a couple of meetings, but he was just waiting for his free agency to start. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, just you, no, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah, that's the crazy stuff going on in Mexico State. And, yep. uh, you know, as Patrick brought up, they haven't been a terrible program either. Nope. Um, right now, just going through a lot of turmoil. I don't know if you want to combine no. th- their controversy and stuff going on, then Chris Beard coming off of his own little you know, I don't scandal. think you would do either. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, hell, I mean, uh, maybe you do. That's I, like yeah. trying to put out an infern- inferno with a water hose. <laughs> it just don't happen. <laughs> that ain't going to happen? <laughs> no, it ain't going to happen. Yeah, not the right way to go. <laughs> uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into the discussion that lit the uh, the Specs text line ablaze with uh, the debate about— I like what who- you did there. <laughs> <laughs> about the debate about who is a better quarterback right now, Jalen Hurts or Dak Prescott. We'll get into it, talk about the origin of that discussion, and also uh, read some of your texts from the Specs text line from our earlier conversation. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.